Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. What's your long-term goal? Try to make it to the pros if I have a chance. If you can see the butterflies are in my stomach. Let's do this! Warriors select. Yeah. I never will. I saw the sunshine rising and my life changed. I saw a different point of view within my price range. Oh, yeah, it's high stakes trying to get that you happen, baby. And what a day. We are live from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York on a beautiful day. And in just five hours, the dreams of 60 aspiring basketball players will be fulfilled as they hear their names called on the stage in that building. And officially become a part of the NBA family. Hi everyone, a day of dreams coming true in so many ways and we are excited to welcome you into a very special NBA Today. I'm Cassidy Hubbard filling in for Malika Andrews who will be making history tonight by becoming the first female to host the NBA draft. Kudos to her, of course. And I am joined by 13th overall pick in the 2001 draft, Uh, Richard Jefferson. Should have gone higher. Too low. Yeah, should have gone higher. The 10th overall pick in the 2013 draft. Should have gone lower. Should have gone lower. CJ <laughs> <laughs> McCollum. And the steal on the 108th pick of the 19th draft. Jay Phyllis. And, of course, the host of the NBA podcast. The, and, our, and our number one draft pick. The third draft pick in my own three-person family. Yeah, team. that's fair. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are all top draft picks in my book. Um, and, and you say that like you believe it. What You know, TV entertainment. Let's get straight to it. This morning uh, on our, our, our very own ESPN senior insider Adrian Wojnarowski reported this as, as teams board as teams board finalized today, the one, two, three of the NBA draft is increasingly firm per sources. Jabari Smith to Orlando, Chet Holmgren to Oklahoma City, Paolo Bancaro to Houston. So, Jay, I want to start with you. Does this feel like the right order for these three prospects? It, it was for me. I had Jabari Smith number one, followed by Holmgren and then Bancaro. Uh, I don't have a board. I just have a list on an old legal pad. Uh, but, yeah, I think Jabari Smith is the best prospect. But it's not by that much. I mean, it's a tough call between he and Holmgren uh, because Holmgren is a different kind of player. Uh, seven foot. Tall, seven-foot wingspan. He's not a low-post player. He's a perimeter player. Shoots 40% from three, and and he's got some kind of baby Giannis in him. Mm. You know, he can grab a defensive rebound and bring it up, go behind his back, pass it. He can shoot it, and he can get all the way to the rim and finish with either hand. He's a a big-time shot blocker, shot changer, and you'd think with that body that offensive players could get into his chest and knock him back, but he does a great job of keeping his body away from contact and still blocking shots. You know, I think he's got a chance to be a great player, but I just favor Smith because of his shooting ability. You know, it's 6'10", and then he's really good defensively. He can guard multiple positions, and he really takes a lot of pride on the defensive end. Richard? 
No, I, I agree. When, I, when I've been asking people, because again, I haven't watched as much college basketball as some of these guys have, but you know, when I've talked to different coaches in this league, you know, has it been Jamal Mosley, talking to J.B. Bickerstaff, talking to different coaches, you know, when you talk about Jabari Smith, it, it is his versatility, and it's not to take anything away from the rest of the guys like Chet Holmgren. I think, you know, when you look at, I think Paolo and Jabari, Jabari Smith are probably most likely ready to play right now if you just look at kind of their basic skill set, but Chet Holmgren, his upside is scary. His upside and what he's able to do and what he possibly could do. What I like about uh, Paolo and Chet especially is that they were playing at high-profile organizations. They were playing at Gonzaga. You're playing at Duke. So you're going to have all the eyes on you, all the national televised games. Every game that you play is a big game. I like players that play in that because it gets them ready for this NBA fire. And all three of them were number one during the course of the season. Yeah. All of them played on number one teams. Yeah. And Chet, Baby Giannis, you're saying high ceiling. How do you feel about that order that Woj is reporting? First of all, I think they're all great players in their own right and will have impacts immediately in the NBA. They're going to teams where they'll be able to contribute. As a guy who was skinny coming out of high school, coming out of college, I love Chet. I like his upside. I like the fact that he can shoot off the dribble. He has a skill set that I think translates right away. Obviously, he has to get bigger. He has to get in the weight room, and he will. Uh, I think most NBA ready is Paolo Boncaro. I think looking at his body, his size, uh, he works out with Chris Brickley here in the city and he was getting a workout in last night at 11 45 p.m i text brick and i said hey i'll be i'll be there in the morning he said i just worked out paolo he's aggressive he's athletic um he cares he wants to win and i think he'll be an immediate impact player in houston right away i think his skill set translates you talked about jabari smith's shooting ability as a guy who's played the nba for nine going on 10 years if you can shoot you can impact the game right away obviously he'll improve his handle he'll improve his playmaking but he can defend he can shoot he can guard multiple positions so i think it's jabari smith who's a clear number one favorite tonight in this Draft. You see, RJ, he got a workout in this morning and was still on time. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, well, Zach, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Do you feel like this is the right order? It's going to be fascinating in 10 years to look back at these three and what the order should have been. I think it has a chance to be a win-win-win for all three teams. Orlando is under some pressure to make a leap next season. Not necessarily a big leap, but after all this rebuilding to make some progress in the win column. And I think they've determined if they take Smith, he, because of his shooting, as Jay mentioned, is the most ready to step on the floor and play big minutes right now. OKC, if it's Holmgren, they take the shot at the highest ceiling guy among these three, at least in my opinion. And Bancaro, he may end up being the best all-around player of these three. Offensively, he can do everything. He's going to be a dynamic fit with Jalen Green and Alper and Shengun. I think it could be a win-win-win. It'll just be fascinating to see who ends up being the best guy out of these three 10 years from now. Yeah, and this seems to be the conversation leading up to the draft that the, the first three players on the board look to be pretty set uh, in stone and specifically in that order. So the real draft starts at four, where Jaden Ivey is currently projected to go to the Sacramento Kings, followed by Keegan Murray at five. So, Jay, is Ivey clearly the next best available player on the board in your mind? He is for me. Uh, I think uh, Jaden Ivey out of Purdue is kind of a combination. He's got the speed and explosiveness of a John Morant. He's got the length uh, of, of like a Dwayne Wade. That, that's his size comparison. He's not as strong as Wade was coming out of Marquette, at least 
he's not yet, but he's a blur in transition. I incredible speed, athleticism. He's the best athlete in this draft, in my view. Uh, can get to the basket, finish above the rim. He can shoot it. He's not a knockdown shooter, but he makes uh, threes and makes perimeter shots. I think the step for him to be a great player in the NBA is he's going to have to improve his defensive intensity. He's got he's got to be impact the game on the defensive end, not just the offensive end. I mean, Zach, how far of a gap do you feel Jaden is from the, the top three guys who seem to be um, in, in the conversation for the most part? The, the draft the draft Knicks that I know say he's actually pretty close to that group. There's a lot of people in the league that are super high on Jaden Ivey. And look, I think this is going to go down to the wire on the clock maybe at the draft. It's no secret that the Kings have dangled this pick out there in search of a veteran player. John Collins has been mentioned. The issue with that is I don't think that's fair value for the fourth pick. This is a really valuable pick. And going down through the draft, you can look at the Knicks at 11, the Pacers at 6, the Wizards at 10. It's hard to find a, a trade back where it's not too far back in the draft where the Kings will feel like, man, we really went far back. And a veteran player that is actually worth that pick. John Collins is a really good player. I think you got to start throwing other pieces in there. But I think, I think the Kings are sitting in the catbird seat in a lot of ways thinking, do Fox and Ivy fit? Do we take another guard for what feels like the seventh straight year in Sacramento, a guard who didn't give his medicals to the Kings because right. he didn't really, <laughs> didn't seem to say, I think he said it's, it wouldn't be the worst option. That could be the Kings, the slogan for the Kings, not the worst option. Um, that can't be their But I, th I think it'll, I think they'll take it to the wire, seeing what kind of packages they can get. But CZ, I just saw your, your reaction to the fact that Jaden didn't give his medicals to Sacramento or work out for the Kings. What, what do you make of that strategy? I think it's his, up to his representation. Representation matters, and I think looking at what they're trying to accomplish, they're probably trying to push him to, a, to another market. So I think you have control over your player up until he's drafted. And, and by the way, I'm totally pro that. Exercise whatever power you've got. Man, this is, this is, a, this is a, a, as you guys know, this is, you don't have a choice, really. You get, you get picked. This is where you're going to spend the first seven years of your career. Exercise what power you got. And it's not the first time players have done that. No, so, it won't so be that, the last. Yeah, that happens all the time, and, and teams draft them anyway. I didn't <laughs> send my medicals to everyone. Oh, yeah, my worst workout was for the Nets. Worst workout by far was it. Uh, we won't get into that. Why? But no, the one thing that I want to talk about is that when you look at an organization like the Sacramento Kings, this is their fault. This is no one else's fault for a player that might be like questionable about whether or not, whether or not they want to go there. When you start looking at the career arc of a lot of players that have either been drafted or been there. Now, look, Tyrese Halliburton, he was, you know, him and De'Aaron Fox. Tyrese Halliburton was a steal of the draft two years ago, and then they just shipped him away for an all-star. So you understand that Marvin Bagley did not meet expectations and you know about you know that where you had Luca and you had Trey and all those guys right after that so Davion Mitchell was elite because he was a great defender that's what they wanted to add to their to their lineup so when you look at this and you're just like do I want to play for an organization that has had what is it 10 coaches in the last 15 years that hasn't made the postseason in 15 years that's uh, let's not send our let's not send our information there and let's see if we can get someplace else I want to go on the record saying that I worked out for the Sacramento Kings twice they called back out of the first workout they wanted to see me again and I was actually supposed to go to the Kings at 7. Funny story for you, full disclosure, I talked to Dane. I think he was also promised by the Sacramento Kings <laughs> and was later not drafted by the Kings and is now a Portland Wait, wait, did, did, they, did they pass up on you? Uh, I was available. They took Ben McLemore. So, okay, uh, okay. so again, the Sacramento Kings yes. will be on the clock starting but now. But this is a new Kings regime. Let's be clear. Mike Brown. Okay. Shout out Mike Brown. I believe it when I see it. Because the, the Kings have watched stars, as you keep saying, go 
the pick after theirs three times in, in recent don't, years, don't starting with Clay Thompson. No. Yes, this is the fact. No, this is We're not. No, this is mean. No, it's not. How is this mean? These are facts. Going 11th in 2011 after the Kings acquired the 10th pick to select Jimmer, Jimmer Fredette. The very next year, the Kings chose Thomas Robinson, the pick before Dame, as you talked about, CJ. And, of course, in 2018, Ooh. they held the number two overall pick, chose Marvin Bagley the third. Uh, they could have had for debt. Shout out and to they, my guy, and then Thomas Clay Thompson. Thompson. That's my guy, T. Yeah, he dude. should be in the league right now. This yeah. is violence. We've chosen violence. Oh, no, the they Kings have chosen today. violence. They have chosen violence. As he said. They have chosen violence. Still to come on NBA Today, the countdown is on. Which teams will be most active with the draft only a few hours away? We play a little rumor roundup. And... Speaking of players on the move, what does the acquisition of Jeremy Grant mean for Portland? Who better than former Blazer CJ McCollum to break it all down? Yes, we're putting you on the spot, buddy. Plus, we analyze how many of the top prospects will get at least one all-star. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Good evening. And welcome to the 1996 NBA Draft. Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant. Jerry West told me today that greatness lies ahead for this young man. Draft Day deal headed to Charlotte in return for the son of a former L.A. Clipper, Kobe Bryant. So here's Bryant. Wow! George Hill to the Pacers in exchange for the rights to Kawhi Leonard. For the 2014 MVP. So they're just going to take each other's picks. Raptors are going to take Jamerson. The Warriors are going to take Carter. Seattle will send Ray Allen to Boston for this number five pick. Jeff Green, Georgetown University. Don't look for Nowitzki to stay with their respective team. Mavericks on the clock. We've heard that they likely have a deal with Atlanta. The Seattle Supersonics select Scott Pippen. I'd like to announce a trade. Oh, a baseball! Scotty Pippen in the face of Patrick Ewing! Coming to you live from the front concourse at Barclay Center and right near the red carpets behind us later today. We will have a red carpet special coming to you at 5 Eastern on ESPN leading into, of course, the NBA draft at 8 Eastern on ESPN and ABC. I'm Cassidy Hubbard filling in for Malika Andrews, who will be leading our draft coverage. we got Zach Lowe, Richard Jefferson, CJ McCollum with us. And guys, we saw that the Blazers actually made a deal for Jeremy Grant yesterday, and we expect more activity leading up to the first round tonight. So, Zach... <laughs> I, I did kind of <laughs> lean over towards you. We'll get to you in just a second. But, Zach, who is a veteran player in your mind that sh should be targeted for a trade today? I'm going to give you two that were off the beaten path, at least until yesterday. The first is, if I were a young up-and-coming team, I would be calling the Spurs about DeJounte Murray, who's got two years left on his deal on a great contract, may want the max after that, made the all-star team last year. I'm thinking Minnesota, if I could turn him into my point guard with Anthony Edwards and Cat, that's an ideal fit. Atlanta next to Trey Young. Cleveland next to Darius Garland because of DeJounte Murray's versatility. Washington, I think he'd be a great fit 
with Brad Beal. I think all of those teams are trying to feel out the Spurs asking price, which is going to be huge. Maybe three first round picks. If I'm Minnesota, I love that fit in Minnesota. I'm trying to speak it into existence. And the other guy is OG Ananobi. He's been rumored to Portland for that seventh pick. I think it's going to take more than the seventh pick to get a 24-year-old two-way wing who can shoot threes and play the four, all defense level defender. I think it's going to take more than number seven for Portland to get him. I don't know if Toronto will even trade him. He's that good. But I, if I were, even a team like Memphis, that's the missing piece in Memphis, a big wing like that, I'd be calling on him. Those are the two. And we saw DeJounte Murray respond to some of the rumors, get, get, got his popcorn ready. I, d first rule of draft trade season, don't overreact to emojis. Don't overreact to emojis. Although he went one step. He went. He went one step further than emojis, though. <laughs> no, he, he full, react to emojis. Emojis I, have told us a lot in draft history. But with with so many rumors kind of swirling, um, and and RJ, you've been traded a lot. You were traded a lot. Damn, what's up? You've been traded a lot, <laughs> Richard. Yeah, well, a lot of teams decided they didn't want you. Anymore. A lot of teams said they wanted me, including <laughs> on draft night. That yeah. means he has um, value. Thank you. That's, that's exactly right. Um, but what does it feel like a, as a player to have your name swirling in, in, in trade talks? Well, it, it, there's two parts to it. When I first got drafted by uh, the Houston Rockets, I was excited. My high school team was the Rockets, the Houston Rockets. I'm like, this is going to be great. And then five minutes later, it's like, we have a trade to announce. So you don't know. And that emotion, you don't understand. You just want to hear your name being called. Uh, and, and I understand those trades. Now, as an older player, you understand that this is a moment. As much as there is the trade deadline, the next probably most active time is around uh, the draft. And so I've been traded uh, during the draft and I get it. This is a part of the business. I was fortunate where that trade happened a little bit later. So I was more accustomed to the business, but this is what it is. I think sometimes these trades, especially when it happens early on in your career, it establishes that this is a business and you can't take things personally. Yeah, absolutely. I think as you become a veteran player, as you get more years of experience in the league, you become more accustomed to the trade deadline. You become sort of numb to it. You know what I mean? The, the process in which you start to see the name tags come down and all of those things. But I think the trade deadline has impacted my life in a lot of different ways, right? The first time the trade deadline impacted my life, LaMarcus Aldridge decided to walk, right? They trade uh, Wesley Matthews signs to deal with the Dallas Mavericks. I go from 13 minutes a game to 35, right? So that kind of impacted my life in a positive way. But I think historically, you have to just control the controllables, right? Not worry about the trades. Don't listen to it. I was in trade rumors for seven straight years, seven straight summers, right? Bill Simmons wanted me to go to Cleveland. He wanted me to be traded for Kevin Love. He wanted me to be traded for Aaron Gordon in Orlando. Bill Simmons has never made a trade, though. He hasn't, but he had the idea in the podcast, and then he, he kind of mustered they, that they're up. They're and listening, guys. He posted on seven Twitter. years. It wasn't just him. It was everybody. Everybody wanted me out, okay? By everybody, I mean Twitter world. Yeah, yeah. Twi but we, everybody yeah, meaning yeah. nobody, but. <laughs> yes. But that's, I mean, but how do you go about your summer when you said seven straight years? How did yeah. it feel during that summertime when it's supposed to be, your mind's supposed to be off, yeah. you're taking a break? I think at first it bothers you, right? But you try to not overconsume yourself with it. You just begin to work on your game and, and understand that. If you are being in trade rumors, that means you have value, right? That means other teams outside of your franchise value, which is important because chances are, honestly, there's only a handful of guys that are good enough to stay on one franchise for the entirety of their career. You look at my draft, right? Giannis and I were the last two guys to be on the team they were drafted by. Now that I was traded to the New Orleans Pelicans, it's only Giannis who's left in the 2013 draft. So the turnover is quick. So you have to be prepared for anything. Get your family situation under control, whether you have kids, a wife, maybe you move some people to your city. But you have to always be prepared for that unless you're a Giannis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you had a difficult 
transition because you did midseason. A lot of your trades were in, in the summertime as yes. well. But either way you look at it, it's going to be an exciting day because there's a lot at stake, a lot of dreams that are going to be made, and also lives change. So um, still a lot to come as well here on NBA Today. CJ McCollum is here to break down the Jeremy Grant trade. You would still be in, you would still be in Portland if they would have traded for him sooner. And what it means for his former team heading into You think so? <laughs> that would have been better. Plus, we have a surprising stat on how many top five draft picks actually made an all-star team. What our panel expects out of this class. And a special edition of Top of the Top, the most impressive plays from our updated mock drafts top five. You won't want to miss it as NBA Today rolls on. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ever saw the dribble? Okay. Welcome back nice. to NBA Today, live from the Barclays Center. Guys, we are live. We are live, sorry. <laughs> we, we were going over his, I mean, his stats. I, I hear you. Uh, here's a look at the top ten of Jonathan Gavoni's latest mock draft. The top three are expected to be Jabari Smith Jr., Chet Holmgren, and Paolo Bencaro. And then Gavoni has Jaden Ivey to the Kings and Keegan Murray to the Pistons following them in the top five. Ben Matherin, Dyson Daniels, Usman Jang, Shaden Sharp, and Johnny Davis. Shout out my guy, out. Johnny Davis. Let's go, Team Excel. Sorry. Are you in Excel? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, look at this. Oh, look at you this. didn't even know we had the same agency. This is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Come on. That's how we got to shout him out. Okay. We now welcome in the man behind the mock ESPN NBA draft analyst, Jonathan Gavoni. Welcome Thank to you. the desk. It was a quick uh, drive over here. From, uh, I can from walk. It's a, it's a mile away from where I live. This is very easy for me. Oh, this is. Okay. It took me an hour and a half to get here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Let's take a look at the top of the top from the top of the mock. Ooh, we got Jabari Smith. Okay. So I want to know this right here. Is this? Oh, my gracious. Who does that remind you of? That was nasty. Stromile Swift. There's, there's, uh, ooh, Tyrese Thomas. I was, think, I was thinking you in New don't Jersey. Do, don't do that. No, but he's taller. Right? <laughs> he's, he's taller. I'm, I'm six, I'm six, six. I was 6'6". 13 dunks like all year long. 13? I mean, that yeah. was Chet had nasty. 60. Yeah, how about Chet Holmgren showing out on both ends of the court? Give me that. Hit the block. Ben brings it up, goes behind the back, and throws it down. I mean, look at the handles on him. Dude, he is he's different. He's special. His ability to defend on both on, on that end and then get it Whoop. up. Down. So I, I just you don't know because it's like how do you handle him? Do you do you put a big on him? Do you put a small on him? It doesn't become a problem until you can put a uh, until you can put a small on him. Okay, next we have Paolo Bencaro. Little shake and bake. I like his game. I like his game a lot. He's got versatility. He's got athleticism. He's got a handle. And he averaged about three or four assists per game. I think that's going to go up in the league if they make him a, a primary ball handler. If he's going where uh, where Woj says he's going, I think he'll have a bright future. And another in a lob to another draft prospect and Mark Williams. How about Jaden Ivey showing his explosiveness, Zach? Uh-oh. Ooh. Uh-oh. There he is. That first step. 
That was nice. He's fast. So he, he moves. He moves different, man. He, he he can move around that court in a way that's like screams, like, uh-oh, this guy's something. And he knew exactly where the camera was, like you, RJ. Yeah, he did, and and he also knows where he doesn't want to go. <laughs> where, where doesn't he want to go? Okay, we have to go. <laughs> Next, Keegan Murray with a clutch play. Time winding down. Murray with in the miss to send the game to OT, CJ. I love that. You gotta know. You gotta know when to go for offensive rebounds. Obviously, the game is on the line here. He's showing that he's willing to do the small things, which will help him stay on the court. Not just the scoring, not just uh, playing defense, but also rebounding. All right. So it's not likely that all of these potential top five picks are future All Stars because did you know the last time the top five picks in a single NBA draft all made an All Star team in their careers came back in 19. 70, when Bob Lanier, Rudy Tomjanovich, Pete Maravich, and Dave Cohens, and Sam Lacey all did so. That, that's, that's a lot. Back. I didn't know that. There we go. That's why now, now I know called, that. It's called did, I, I didn't did, know. Did you know that. Well, it, look, they it, ask, it, I answer. I didn't know. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult, as everybody knows, because your situation is different, where you're going, how each organization handles certain things. So, like, look, being a top five pick, it helps your chances, but it doesn't guarantee anything. And you also got to understand, if you go to the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference, right? Now in the Eastern Conference, if you're a forward, you have Kevin Durant, right? You got Giannis. You got all of these guys who are essentially guaranteed to be all-stars. You go, you go to the Western Conference, you kind of look at things. If you're a guard, you got Steph Curry, you got Damian Lillard. You have all of these guards to where it's going to be very difficult for certain players to become all-stars, even players. if they're all-star caliber players. Well, Jonathan, certain, certain ones, certain guys. How many players do, do you see getting at least one all-star? Well, history says that 37% of the players drafted in the top five over the last 25 years become All-Stars. So that's two out of the five guys that we're expecting to go here. And so the two that I would point to that probably have the best chance are Chet Holmgren and Paolo Bancaro. Who do you, who do you think, Zach? Well, shouldn't, shouldn't that mean – doesn't that mean the Orlando should take somebody else at number one instead of Smith? I think they all – I think all three of them have a shot. I'll go optimistic. Let's go optimistic. Over-under is two and a half. I'll take the over. I say three of them make it at some point. And who – The top three. top three. Let's go top three. Is that same with you, CJ? You said at some point. So yes. they just have to make it at one. Some, yeah, at yeah, some point. That's all we're, that's all we're talking about. I think at some point it's fair because if you truly think about it, one of those guys is probably not going to be on the team they start on later on in their career because history shows that it's hard to stay with the franchise due to financial implications and all those things that may go into roster construction. All right, it's harder to it's harder to make an all-star team than it is to stay with your own team if you're looking at some of these young players because if you're going to be an all-star, the Chet, your team has to get good. It ain't going to just be your numbers. If you're looking at you know going to OKC, your team ha has to be good. So I think some of these teams are so far away from being like elite or getting their guys to the all-star game based off of that, it's going to be difficult. But it'll probably be two or three. We we're hearing a lot about this, like, mystery man and Shaden Sharp. Jonathan, like, is, is he a guy that can, you know, surprise some people and potentially make an all-star? Because we're talking so much about the top three picks. Is he someone on people's radar? Definitely, yeah. He was the number one player in his high school class. That traditionally gives you a pretty good chance of, of being an all-star. People are just, they don't exactly know how to look at him because there's not a lot of game footage you can look at. You know, most of what... Most of his track record comes from the Nike EYBL a year ago, which you know was played only a week before the NBA draft, so there weren't really many high-level NBA decision makers there. But you look at him from a talent standpoint; he has everything: six foot five and a half, 
seven foot wingspan over a 40 inch vertical Really, really dynamic shot maker, off the dribble, operating off step backs, in the mid-range, um, you know, really good finisher, has really shown growth as a passer. You know, defensively, as people were, they want to see more from him, his engagement, his focus, his motor, but I really think that he's a special talent. What about your fellow Wildcat and Ben Matherin? Ooh, well, we're going we're gonna to have to see. Uh, like, obviously, I watched a ton of them this year at, at Arizona. But, you know, when you look at, you know, the way they played and, and how, you know, I think his defense has to continue. It's, it's like what uh, CJ said. It's about how you get on the court, in my opinion. And I feel like he has an opportunity to get on the court doing some of the intangible things. But the athleticism, the mid-range game, he's got to improve his three-point shot. That's something that, that uh, you know, I, I, Arizona kind of struggled with. They didn't shoot the ball great. But as far as intensity, athleticism, just in the community, they loved what he was doing there. And look, this was supposed to be a down year for Arizona. Arizona was not supposed to be great, but you still had that name on the front of your chest. And all he did was show up and do what he was supposed to do and, and help deliver a Pac-12 title. Nothing gets him more excited than that. Oh, we can talk. No, we know we that do. name on the chest. You said like they were Kentucky or Duke or something. <laughs> oh. oh, Arizona. No, no, no. no we're, we're, there's like five or six of us. Okay. Yeah. This, this is only me from Lee. Yeah, it's, it's Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Arizona. Like, yeah, there's, there's a small Villanova. What about UCLA? Yeah, we, we don't talk about them that often, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, UCLA gets mixed in there a little bit. But yeah, Arizona's one of the blue bloods. Come on now. Was there a guy outside the top five you, ha you had? Well, I love Malachi, right? Akron, Ohio guy. Went to St. V. Went to Ohio State. I think he's polished. He has a great mid-range game. He can get to his step backs. I think you talked about getting on the, on the court. I think he has the intangibles, but I really like... The Serbian kid, Nikola Jovic. I said that right. Nailed it. I said, got it. You got it. Were you gonna, I thought you were going to mess it up. I thought I was going to mess it up for it's sure. It's very similar. He's, he's tall. He can pass. He can shoot. I think that uh, based on his skill set, like he'll be, a, he'll be an impact add for somebody in this draft this season. It, it's very similar to Nikola Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing that one. And speaking of, um, there's no secret that the international takeover in the NBA is all the way real. Our analysts dive into who to look out for in this draft as NBA Today continues after the break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today. We're coming to you from New York City, Brooklyn to be exact. But this beautiful Times Square, or exciting Times Square, one goes for saying it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, beautiful. It's, it's a lot going on there. Yeah. It's a sensation overload. We okay. stay away from um, there. Which yeah. can kind of sum up draft day as well. Sensation mm -hmm. overload. And, I, and I'm back with Richard, CJ, Jonathan Gavoni, and our newly re-signed... <laughs> Looking like money, <laughs> front office insider Bobby Marks. Congrats! Thank you. Tax mid level for me. Tax. <laughs> hey, the mid level's going up. Mid -level's going right. up. And we're just hours away from um, this draft class possibly um, securing their own bag, um, and maybe an introduction for a future league MVP, which has lately been 
held by international stars in Joker and Giannis. So we wanted to take a look back at, at some of the notable international stars who were drafted outside of the lottery. So let's start, of course, with the aforementioned Nikola Jokic, who was taken 41st overall, I believe, while there's like a Taco, Taco Bell, Bell commercial yes, going yes. on. Um, yeah. 41st overall in 2014. Another international player to win multiple MVPs, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's taken just outside the lottery. I remember he came out of the stands yeah. um, to be drafted at 15 in 2013. Also, the 2013 draft was uh, stacked as international talent. Rudy Gobert went 27th. He's already one of one of four players to win at least three Defensive Player of the Year awards and one away from time. HOF. And the Spurs selected Tony Parker, 28th overall in 2001. Parker won four titles with San Antonio, including finals MVP honors in 2007, and made four all-NBA teams. So with all the special talent taken late in the first round and even in the second round, Jonathan, in, in terms of international prospects in the draft, who is the player that you're keeping your eye on? Dyson Daniels will be the one for me. Uh, getting looks as high as six from Indiana. Uh, Portland at seven likes him a lot. Uh, New Orleans at eight appears to be his floor. Six foot seven and a half uh, point guard who can play the two and the three. Six eleven wingspan. Very versatile defender. Um, just a really coachable guy who plugs in a lot of gaps. Um, tremendous off the ball defender. A worker. Uh, you know, a guy that has a lot of upside to continue to improve. You know, came over here. Played for the G League at night, kind of got off to a rough start at first, and um, you know really got better as the year moved on. Shot 42% for three his last 12 games. Um, I think he's a guy that uh, has a big upside. For me, it's Usman Jang, who played for the New Zealand Breakers, six ten and a half, seven two wingspan, nineteen years old. And I think when you look at him, he's more of a guard. Not he's not a guy you can put down low. Uh, ball handling skills like a guard. Uh, he struggled early in the year because the the restrictions in uh, New Zealand and Australia. His best ten games were at the end of the year, shot about thirty six percent from the field, fifty two percent, thirty six percent from three, fifty two from the field, uh, a little over thirteen points uh, a game. Grew four inches in a lot. Last two years so who knows if he's still growing here but he's a little bit more of a developmental project here as far as what you have and then Nikola Jovic we're not going to say Jokic we're going to say Jovic here he he grew eight inches in the last five years didn't start playing basketball until he was 13 years of age wow uh, unlimited range here and a little bit of a you know project down the road but those are probably your two international guys outside of uh, the states and certainly in the, for, for that G League night that are going to be uh, drafted in the first round CJ, I won't necessarily say it's been an international takeover in the NBA, but um, what do you Jeez. make of the rise of the international players over the years? I love to see it. It's good for our game, honestly. We're getting more talent coming from abroad. We're obviously seeing you know, the likes of Giannis, the likes of Joker, you know, two guys who have won MVP, one guy who's won a finals, and I think uh, being able to, to have players that come from all parts of the world, we're able to diversify our game, but we're also able to draw in fans from different parts of the world. So I love seeing it. I, I love getting get, going abroad. I love going to Africa and going to different places and seeing how influential our game is.
Yeah, well, well for me, it, it's this is why you have to pay attention to it. it. It's not just the MVPs, and we've talked about, you know, we haven't even mentioned Joel Embiid. Like, we're, we're talking about Jokic, we're talking about Giannis, but it only takes, you only have to go back to 2019, and every single award was won by an international player. You had the, you had the Rookie of the Year in uh, Luka. You had Most Improved, uh, uh, Pascal Siakam. You had Defensive Player of the Year in Rudy Gobert. You had, um, you had Giannis win... Uh, MVP. So when you look at it, all of our postseason awards were won by international players. So I know we're kind of talking about this now, but this has been something that has been building and has been growing. And now you have the Basketball Africa League. You're getting more and more players playing internationally. And every time one of these international players wins the award, their entire country sees that. And that means more and more kids are playing basketball in that country. So the growth of the game in a global way is beautiful. And that was uh, David Stern's, one of his biggest mm-hmm. dreams for, for the league is to yeah go global, and I think testament is how successful these international players have become um, in the NBA. But we, we saw um, you you had Jovic um, 31st, so outside of, of the lottery. Let's let's take a look at some, some more players taken outside the lottery who ended up making multiple all-NBA teams. Of course, Draymond Green famously went 35th in 2012, and he can name every single player who went yes, ahead of him. Um, maybe not you know, this week because he's probably still uh, recovering from the parade and whatnot. Uh, also, Kawhi and Jimmy Butler both were passed over in the 2011 lottery, and Gilbert Arenas went 31st in 2001. Bobby, who is your late round sleeper heading into tonight? I'm going to say Peyton Watson from UCLA, and people are going to look at his box score, and he's, he averaged 12.7 minutes, and he could potentially be the the first person who has averaged the fewest points per game drafted in the first round, 3.3 points. Shout out to Daniel Orton. <laughs> That's right. Well, the track record of those players who, who there didn't turn out that well. But I look at Watson here, 6'9", 7'1", wingspan. This is a this is a developmental pick down the road as far as a reach, but uh, you know certainly unlimited. I'm glad you use the term reach, bro. Well, it is, but that, when you're when you have multiple picks, if you're San Antonio or if you're of Memphis, if you're Memphis at 29, might as well swing for defense and take an 18-year-old that maybe two years down the road he could you know turn into a rotational player. I'm not saying that the kid won't be good, and may, hey, hopefully you can use this clip and you can cut it and use me as inspiration. <laughs> but if I'm drafting players, I am not drafting somebody that averaged three points a game. I'm not. I'm just not. That's just me. But that's also why I'm not in this. But I'm it's not about in the it's about the intangibles. When you look at Memphis or Golden State. Whoever they draft is not playing anyway. But well, he wasn't playing why, much for why, his team in why, college. Wiseman was the number two pick in the draft, and he hasn't played yet, and they still won a championship. So I say all this to say Memphis has a great developmental program, and if you have a chance to develop someone like a Peyton Watson, shout out to Peyton Watson, <laughs> and you draft him, and you let allow him to develop in our G League or whatever the case may be, and when he's ready to play, he will remember this clip from you, Archie. I, I hope, I hope he does get drafted. I, if that's CJ's I, I, sleeper, I'm feeling it. Can we talk about my players? It's not, <laughs> it's not him. It's not him. It's the numbers. It's like I, I want to see where, where Ty Ty Washington ends up tonight. This guy was top 10 on our board in January, got hurt, has really been nicked up the entire pre-draft process, has not had great workouts, has not had a lot of workouts in general. People are really 
wondering where is he going to end up? Is it going to be in the early 20s? Could it be in the second round? He, for me, he's a top 20 pick in this draft. Uh, you know, six foot eight wingspan, uh, can really shoot the ball, tremendous in pick and roll. Um, I'm, I'm a Ty Ty Washington fan. I think NBA teams are missing the boat on him. Yeah, the, the one thing I will say, it is so difficult for, I think, people to evaluate players now. You're talking about players that are still growing over the past few years, where it was just a decade ago, 15 years ago, where you could draft a guy, you know, that was a senior, that was more of a developed product. You knew what he was going to look like somewhat physically. You knew what his skill set. You could see his growth from year one to year two, now three. Now you're having to get a guy that was an All-American out of high school that's coming into college that might have only played – five, six minutes for a blue blood. Devin Booker, I, I believe, did not start on, on, on Kentucky's team. And now you're having to take that leap. I think this is just getting more and more difficult to evaluate talent. These guys are so spread off. out all over the globe. You know, there's the NBA academies. There's two guys being picked in the top 10 this year. There's OTE. There's, uh, you know, G League Ignite. There's, uh, you know, Europe, Australia. It's There's a lot of ground to cover if you're an NBA scout these days. Yeah, absolutely different way to evaluate players these days. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. Good luck Thanks tonight for and, me. and have a great uh, draft night. Same to you, Bobby. Thank you. Take that new money. <laughs> are, we going to, are we going to the same party afterwards? What party? You're going, you're going to we the still have Excel some show. party? <laughs> Excel got a party? Tonight? Okay, stop it. Still to come, CJ McCollum. We've been teasing it all show. He, he might know a thing or two about the Blazers. We analyze Jeremy Grant's fit in Portland before they go to their after party. Still have a show. And you have another red carpet show. Jeff, Short, Jeff Schwartz didn't tell you about the party? You know, simple. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 50-50, honoring 50 years of Title IX and the women moving the world forward. What is Title IX? Well, it's short for Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, a major piece of civil rights legislation that was passed 50 years ago this month. And its most monumental part, the part that cleared the way for equity for women and girl athletes at federally funded schools, are these 37 words. 37 words that changed the game forever. No person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity. Receiving federal financial assistance. And today marks the 50th anniversary of Title IX, the landmark legislation that prohibits sex-based discrimination in schools. The law dramatically altered the landscape of sports for women, and 50 years later, athletes like Serena Williams, leagues like the WNBA, legacies like the U.S. women's national soccer team are part of everyday sports conversation. But as we celebrate, equality remains a work in progress. 
the story of Title IX is still being written. The next 50 years starts now. And we have to acknowledge and recognize our very own Malika Andrews. Yeah. Who will be making history tonight by becoming the first woman to host the NBA draft. Our coverage on ESPN, the host of this show, taking a break to prepare for a big night. The draft show is like, what, how many hours is it? I mean, it's like four long. hours. It's, it's long. long. And it's, Several and it, hours. And it's definitely easier than dealing with me and Perk and Zach on a daily basis. I, I don't want to be well, lumped well, into you're that. You're a part of it, Zach. You're a part of this group. Were you spraying champagne the other day? I was. It's kind okay. of just you, RJ. <laughs> That's fair. I just like to include other people, and now CJ's a part of this. Right. Thank you for accepting me. You're welcome. Um, speaking of Malika, one, from one trailblazer to a Portland trailblazer, Wow, that was a good transition. No, no, it's not mine. It's like Greg Condis, oh, producer out there. Uh, Jeremy Grant was traded by the Detroit Pistons to the Portland Trailblazers for a protected 2025 first-round pick and additional draft assets. Grant averaged over 19 points per game in each of his two seasons in Detroit. So, CJ, um, the Blazers were able to make this move not to uh, – I don't know. I'm not going to say rub it in. Because of the trade exception that they acquired when they moved you to the Pelicans. You're welcome. You helped them get better, bro. And right. a draft pick. And a draft pick. A so, nice parting gift. Um, so, you, I mean, you know these trailblazers, at least uh, most of them. How do you feel like Grant will fit in in Portland? I think he'll fit in extremely well. That's a guy that was probably targeted a long time ago. Um, just the timing just kind of worked out um, in the team's interest. A long wing, athletic, can shoot it. Shot about 34, 35% from three. He'll get great looks playing alongside Dame. Obviously, Anthony's going to have a chance to kind of take over and, and be become more aggressive and show flashes of what he showed um, last season with Dame being out. Obviously, you had Josh Hart. You probably re-signed Yusuf Nurkic. Shout out to my guy Nurk, about to get a bag. Hmm. I think this is a very, very good team. Obviously, they're going to have pieces. They're probably going to make some more moves around the draft. I think they have the seventh pick in the draft. And I think this is shaping out to be a really good roster. I'm happy for them and their success going forward. I wish them nothing but the best. This was a happy divorce. This wasn't a sad divorce. This wasn't a, uh, a terrible split up. So I, I look forward to watching them succeed. Pelicans fans certainly feel that way. Did you, did, did you have a trade kicker? I did not have a trade kicker. Jeff, come on. Oh, Jeff, we're going to talk about the agents later. No, no, no. The, the thing I like about Jeremy Grant is when you go back and look at his, uh, his days in Denver, that's when I think he was like he took that huge step as a player when he was playing next to Nikola Jokic, and they didn't call a ton of plays for him. He was able to eat, defend, rebound, score on his own. He did so many of the little things, including hustle plays, like getting on the offensive glass. So I think he is a type of player that can fit in in almost any situation and have an immediate impact. Quickly, your thoughts. Good trade for both teams. Detroit got fair value for Jeremy. Jeremy Grant open up a ton of cap space, expect them to chase DeAndre Ayton and Portland to get Grant without surrendering to seventh pick. Footnotes of the CJ trade, they thought they were getting a lottery pick in that deal, and that was going to be the pick they traded maybe in a trade like this. And then CJ had the nerve to take the Pelicans to the playoffs. No lottery pick. That picks That's Charlotte That's a good instead. divorce. Uh, I, I mentioned that me and RJ are hosting a red carpet show later. Um, we are? Coming up, we have the most – come on, RJ. The most memorable draft day outfits. This is your time to shine because you're uh, going to be here judging them all. Woo. Drip or drown. Yeah, I Ooh. thought it was going to be Jalen. I thought Jalen had – Oh, there he is. Oh. Yeah. 
I am a shooter, dump in the cooler, you with the gym socks. Drip, drop, drip, drop. I got super drip, talking super duper drip. Drip, drop, drip, drop. I am super cool, but I'm super duper lit. Zach, that was your theme song, by the way. Of course, obviously. Obviously. They already knew that. Now, do you have lining in your suit like that with messages? Uh, not in this suit, not no. In, this suit, okay. in a couple, yes, but not not anything fun. That's fair. Um, as you just saw, there were some notable NBA draft fits over the years for a number of reasons. Um, so I, I, your thoughts on what we can see tonight. Look, Please, bring look it. The this, this is something, again, some of these things were from 30, 40 years ago. If you're going to bring it tonight, make sure you bring it. In. And like CJ, he is much better dressed now than he was at the draft, and that's a compliment. It's, it's, you're not ugly. You're just poor. <laughs> You weren't you weren't well. You were just poor. I went to Lehigh. The NIL money wasn't coming in um, when I was when I was in college. So. 5 p.m. Eastern <laughs> red carpet special for more of RJ's judgments. Thanks for watching NFL Live. Is next.